0: Join me each week to develop a show-ready mindset and gain the competitive edge you need to compete with confidence. Welcome everybody, back to Resilient Rainer. I am thrilled today to have a special, super secret guest and- So
1: special, so secret.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So secret. (laughs) Joining me today for a conversation-style podcast Is the lovely, the handsome Abraham Burnett, my husband and business co founder. (laughs) So, for today's episode, we are going to talk conversation style. What do you do when things don't go according to plan? And how do you not just get stuck there? Because that happens all the time at horse shows. (laughs) You bomb a run. But then you have to go do another one. So how do you not let that just ruin your day? Or just when things don't go to plan and it's hard. And this was really inspired today.
1: How do you you bounce back fast?
0: How do you bounce back fast?
1: Because that's a key mental performance skill.
0: It really is. It is such a key mental performance. And I felt really called to this episode today because we'd recorded we an entire the episode. episode. It was, it so, was good. so good.
1: And it was an hour long, which is like my shortest <laughs> conversation ever.
0: <laughs> we had a really great conversation about all the lessons we can take from Tom Cruise and Hollywood stuntmen, and how to use careful, thoughtful preparation and all the lessons we can apply to our horse lives. And there was a mess up with our technical equipment and it didn't get recorded. So
1: Yeah. Heard our words, but not our voices. How's that happen?
0: So we, you know, still got to record something right now. So we're doing this episode and I can feel it inside me that I'm, I was like a little cranky. I was like, what are we going to talk about? And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to talk about anything. And I thought, oh, I have the perfect topic for today. What do we do when we're in this situation? When things go sideways with your horse stuff and you just have that cranky feeling and you want to..." put your toys back in your, you know. Toy box? Toy box and just. Go cry? Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, eh, I'm not playing with anybody else today. Yeah. So I thought this is the perfect time to just talk about that and talk about what are strategies we can use. And this conversation, this is actually a demonstration of a strategy that works well, because sometimes you want to go be alone. But sometimes it can be really helpful to not be alone, right? Or to be around somebody who has a healthy mental perspective, who will interject when you start ruminating and saying rude mean things to yourself. Yeah. So that's step one, right? So is there somebody, because there are people who are not going to do that for you, but there are people who will. So mm-hmm. if there's someone who is a little less emotionally invested, who can kind of catch you when you start. With negative thought patterns that can be really helpful yeah it's also demonstrating by pacing around right now physical movement is another great strategy because Mm -hmm. when we feel i feel like i should be pacing now (laughs) i'm gonna pace because when we have these feelings we're having a really strong you know physical experience in our body and not just in our minds and so physical movement is really helpful yeah It might sound a little silly, but going on a walk, doing some jumping jacks, like moving your physical body is a great way to move out any of those kind of frustrating feelings.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it actually kind of reminds me of a, a quote I saw about how, you know, for most or many, at least like athletes in any space, like. A lot of times when it's time for them to actually perform, they don't want to perform. They don't feel up for it.
0: Just don't feel like
1: Like that. I mean, for a myriad of reasons, right? Like, maybe they have a headache or a migraine or they got flipped off at the stoplight for some reason because they didn't quite get their rig through it, you know, and somebody in their little... Tercel was just angry and waiting.
0: I don't think they make Tercels anymore.
1: Well, I'm, they don't. <laughs> so <if> someone <laughs> driving a shitty car.
0: I think this is also, anyway. I need to point out a third strategy, which is humor. <laughs> if you can get yourself to laugh, this is my favorite thing about Abe is he makes me laugh. But when you're having those feelings, you're probably p- feeling pretty serious and pretty upset. So if you can have a genuine moment of laughter, yeah. that really helps release so much. Yeah. I like to keep you playlists around just for this reason if I don't have a you know like when <laughs> yeah. I need to laugh yeah. what can make me laugh
1: yeah well it's, it's it was interesting too because I think we both had that moment like where you know I, I don't think that that it it is either healthy and we're not like proposing kind of like trying to push it under the rug right oh,
0: absolutely not
1: it's kind of like about just um recognizing it's almost like just kind of like accepting what is.
0: It's part of accepting what is.
1: And it's kind of like when we had that, when our when we realized that it hadn't been recording and we recorded this whole hour and we were like, just that, you know, sinking feeling. And then you just kind of like take a step back, you know, maybe you go to the bathroom, you get a drink of water or a cup of tea. And then you just kind of collect yourself a little bit. Um and it's just kind of like it is kind of like a show because you gotta deliver, right?
0: Exactly. That's what really made the the parallels was just that you have to deliver. It's gonna be your turn. You have to do your other run, you have to do whatever. And if you have your feelings, if things aren't going well, like you still how do you cope with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so like strategies, you already mentioned uh humor, and you mentioned movement, you mentioned um what else was it? Um, humor movement. Phone a friend. Oh, Just some, like, someone, someone else who
0: can help interrupt negative rumination and yeah. unhealthy thought patterns.
1: Yeah, because when you and when you phone a friend, to be clear, there are certain people who will encourage the rumination. Oh, yeah. So that's what
0: I'm saying. You got to choose carefully. Choose,
1: choose carefully, yeah. And so interrupt those p- thought patterns.
0: What else? I think it, it can be helpful to have... It depends how much time you have between your runs. And so some of this can be for after a horse show and like a debrief phase. But I think that it's helpful to have a list of questions, right? Because a lot of times when you're in that more negative space, you have questions that are based in judgment. And and so this can be helpful to curate, you know, a list ahead of time, but Having a list of questions that are based in curiosity is really powerful. For example, if you were thinking of, like, if you're looking for judgment and blame, you might think, who's to blame? Whose fault is this? Why can't I perform? Why can't the horse perform? Like, whose fault is this? Instead of, if you're coming at it from more curiosity, you might think, what am I personally responsible for? Mm-hmm. As opposed to my horse, my trainer, whoever, right? What am I personally responsible for? And you might even circle back around to what are my goals? You know, and so is this success or failure? How does that relate to what I'm really trying to achieve? Um.
1: So I hear you saying basically that advocating for like a debrief.
0: Oh, absolutely. After the
1: show. Where, but, but even more than a debrief, like a... Sp- like a formal a
0: specific kind of debrief, because you're not looking to, you know,
1: more like an analytical debrief. Yeah. Like, because and I, and I, what I hear you saying is because it's kind of like that could have value because it kind of takes the emotion out of it.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm it's exactly what I'm saying is taking the emotion out of it. And instead of coming at it from a place of judgment and blame, and I can do a whole list of questions that are rooted in that. And I think that I think I will in a moment because those are questions that that's usually where we're at.
1: Maybe we should actually like provide our community with a debrief form, you know, that people can use after their show. Yeah,
0: that's a great idea. (laughs) We like to send out freebies. So we will create a freebie here of how to debrief at a show or how might you be phrasing things in a negative fashion versus a healthier fashion. Because it's about how do you shift out of that negative judgment into curiosity and learning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just send it out. So to if our list. you're on
0: our email list,
1: and if you're not
0: you joining it join. is super
1: easy. You just go to newsletter.resilientrainer.com. Yeah.
0: Newsletter.resilientrainer.com. And we like to send freebies Every to our community. Friday. And that debrief really takes the emotion out of things in a way that emotion is not bad. But if you're blinded by your emotions, you're not going to improve. Mm hmm. That's that's what I'm trying to say. So, like, if you're just trying to think, how can I prove I'm right? How can I prove that this is all my trainer's fault? <laughs> like, <laughs> Or my horse's it's, fault. It's all Maybe. Snickers' fault, okay? <laughs> <laughs> They're such a jerk. <laughs> like, you're not going to be improved instead of you might ask yourself things like, okay, what are the facts? What are my assumptions? Mm-hmm. Right? That's a really powerful question. What am I assuming about what went down. Yeah. Because a lot of times we might think something's a fact when it's actually just an assumption. Or it's an
1: or our perspective.
0: It's your perspective, but it's not necessarily some objective truth. Yeah. So well, that's probably
1: a, most of life and
0: no, but that's stuff why it's so powerful that, but, to yeah. question it, right? Yeah.
1: Question your assumptions. Or-
0: yeah. So if you're thinking why aren't we winning? You know, that's not a very imp- Empowering question, just kind of by itself, instead of thinking more about kind of really broad and it's really broad and it places you and your exactly. It's just not useful, it's too broad. Like, um, you know, what a better question might be What do I want? What do you want out of that run? Right? Mm-hmm. Did you decide a version of success? Like, how did you define success for you before you went in the arena? Mm-hmm. right? Like I want a clean lead change at center. Okay. Did you get it? Like, so what do you want out of your run? Because we all want perfect runs, but is your goal really like in raining, for example, is your goal to get a 75 every run? Yes. I mean, absolutely. I mean, if I was
1: a rainer, I would, yes, that was yes. my goal.
0: But there's probably some interim steps and interim okay. goals along the way. So what do you really want out of that run? Yeah. That's a more useful question. Um, what steps, again, from a curiosity and kind of learning perspective, what steps can I take to get there? What well, almost,
1: yeah, I'm so, pragmatic too, because I, I mean, oh, you, yeah. you always, you know, uh, call me on this where it's like, you know, don't, uh, don't miss the forest for the trees in terms of like, even if things haven't gone like perfectly, perfectly or like, you know, categorically we're not happy with the sum of the pieces. Yeah. That still doesn't mean that every piece was equally Terrible. poor. I mean, we, we talk about this with our kids all the time because they'll be like, I had the worst day.
0: Well, even on the worst day, that's probably, I'm but not saying it's impossible, but phenomena. usually there's, exactly, there's a recency phenomenon and there's probably something that was good.
1: Yeah. So, so, like, recency phenomena just means that you tend to focus most on what most recently happened. Like, the closer it is in time to the present moment, the more you are.
0: The more weight you place upon the the you on yeah.
1: So there's primacy and recency. So the first moment gets a lot of weight and the last moment gets a lot of weight.
0: So use that. Let's, you know, hot tip here. When you're in the show pen, primacy and recency, how you enter that show pen will absolutely influence no. what the judge is expecting to see from you no. and how you end. So. Yeah, that's a good point. So use that Yeah. psychological life hack.
1: So that's an extra. That's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> not even something that's directly like yeah,
0: not even yeah, something We're talking about, but no, but it's that's gravy. I couldn't leave that and not mention. No, it. we're
1: just giving out gravy here. It's awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but you know, it's the whole idea that you even when you're not happy with the whole.
0: Was there anything that you went give yourself well, this
1: emotionless yeah. kind of pragmatic, just kind of dried out? Let's
0: just be neutral debrief, and evaluate.
1: Neutral, yeah, just non-judgmental. It's almost like almost a awesome meditative state. Yeah right like where you're just non judge without judgment as much as you can just looking at what happened yeah but biasing toward like what did you like because you only change when you feel good right
0: yes absolutely we're talking about just getting in a a very neutral emotional state to evaluate what happened mm-hmm. and make sure that you don't gloss over anything positive that you may have achieved oh, that's even it though was, yeah. some he says may have just been terrible.
1: Well, yeah, the irony is just that we all we tend to as humans focus on the negative.
0: Because you might have totally like trotted out of your rollback and then you will completely disregard the fact that your lead changes that you've been working on, that they were clean and beautiful and right on center.
1: Yeah. And so the key is just that if you're focusing on what you did well and sucking the negative emotion out of things. Yeah. then you will get more of that in subsequent shows, runs, Yeah, yeah, so on and so
0: forth. All right. So I think that's a really valuable tip. And if you finished a run and you have time before another run the next day, there might even be value in doing it before your next run and definitely after a show. What about, however, let's say you don't always have time for that. So we talked about oh, yeah. three good tips for when you have shorter time. Are there – what else can people do? So that's – because definitely that's one if you have a little bit more time. So are there any other strategies that do ever, people
1: – Do you have back to backgrounds?
0: Well, it depends. Like, so if you have – it depends what kind of horse show you're doing. Because if you're doing a reigning show, unless you have different horses, probably not. Okay. You probably have – Time in between, you know. Well, I'm just curious an how hour much time. Two. Okay, I don't know. I'm going to guess an hour or two. Because that probably shifts um, or shapes something. If you're computer. at like an AQHA show or a ranch versatility show, you might have classes back to back because okay. you might go from you know ranch pleasure to ranch riding like immediately. Okay, so it might be a lot quicker. Like
1: right away, seriously.
0: Well, I mean, what if you were first?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay,
0: right. What okay. if you bond the rail class okay. and then you're first out for the pattern?
1: Okay, so people are going to need strategies that they can do in an hour or two, as well as strategies that they can do in, like, 30 yeah. seconds.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to throw out one of my favorites, because <laughs> okay. we can't not talk about box breathing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, oh, okay. just not surprised. I mean, that's how
1: she lives. It's, like, all box breathing. <laughs> you know, in bed at and night. So- There's no snoring. It's box breathing
0: it's amazing because the cool thing about box breathing is that you can literally do four rounds in one minute i like you're always gonna have one minute you know like
1: yeah
0: i would just be like wait i need one minute okay yeah, timer me, timer give go. me
1: a minute okay
0: be a diva <laughs>
1: <laughs> i just need a minute here one
0: minute time just me. a minute but box breathing is great because that's something that if you have a really quick turnaround, or if you're just like, ah, dust, I die, crazy.
1: Yeah, that's what the SEAL is, um, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so this is it is used by Navy SEALs.
1: Because apparently even Navy SEALs get even, nervous.
0: Can you imagine Navy SEALs, you know, job's a little stressful. <laughs> so yeah. the idea of box breathing is that imagine a box. Very simple. And so as you imagine a box, you breathe in for a count of four. That's the first side of the box. The second side of the box, you pause and hold that breath for a four. Then the third side of the box, you exhale for a count of four. And then the final fourth side of the box, you pause for a count of four before repeating. So if you do four rounds of that, that's a minute. It's really transformational. Yeah. And when... Oh, go ahead.
1: No, it just reminded me of like um, sometimes like when I do any kind of breathing i'll couple that with like visualization kind of mm-hmm. like imagining like
0: i always imagine a box but wow so <laughs> <girl's laughs> i want to <terrible>. know what <laughs> what you imagine i <laughs> i literally imagine, imagine a box. In, like,
1: life force like a like almost like a golden like uh substance in the air mm-hmm. that's shining and shimmering and it's just I, I don't know why this isn't. I don't. I don't know why this isn't scary because you could imagine that you could make it's a horror movie scary. about some like golden death. It's thing. obviously
0: loving light.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. loving light exactly. So you get well, the yeah, idea. I understand. I do loving light. That. Yeah. So I am. I breathe it in, and then I allow it to kind of go through all my body, and like you know, touch all the taint, and like so for the taint can be whatever. <laughs> you <know> what taint <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. Not that. <laughs> not that taint when i say taint i mean like i mean like filth or yeah. whatever it's stuff that you don't want right like the the infection the infection of negative energy or like she's talking about like that is not safe for work but
0: explain that we're gonna have to
1: <laughs> no we're gonna leave it, in. No, you can leave it in that's like part of the joy of interacting with us it's like we oh are God, inappropriate Okay. So I just can't I like, was saying taint okay. like the things that you don't, you know, like um how what's a synonym for, for taint? <laughs> that isn't like <laughs> where Nicole's dirty mind went.
0: Life with me is spent. Yes. Um, um I was gonna think of more of like dark energy. Yeah,
1: dark energy. There we go. We have loving light. I like that. That's a good way to describe it. So you breathe that in. <clears throat> I let it kind of, like, go everywhere in my body. (laughs) I'm not going to say it. And then to breathe, like, I like to imagine it capturing all the dark energy and then just kind of dragging it out. And then when I breathe out, it's gone. gone, It evaporates. I'm free. And so I think that could probably, that coupling of uh, box breathing with kind of bringing that loving light or whatever kind of, Imagery works for you. Yeah, seeing letting it kind of sink into your your body and kind of spread out, gather anything that's not working for you, and then expelling it when you breathe out is going to be really like helpful because it's coupling two very powerful techniques. Yeah, um and you can even add words in there, right? Yeah, because I know like when I went through, I broke my ankle catastrophically all the way around, and so it was like the three, at least three darkest months of my life. Um, absolutely. It was an incredible hell. And so I kind of relied on like, I had panic attacks, like constantly for weeks every day. And I relied on kind of box breathing plus visualization plus words. And so for me, like the words really helped because I could breathe it. I could think I'm breathing in like health and vitality and relaxation and peace. I, I, exhale and this was kind of just thinking the words of my head you know but exhaling <coughs> anxiety and nervousness and tension yeah yeah so i mean like i think that's a really good but it doesn't take long to do those things yeah
0: yeah which is why it's so powerful and just one of my favorite techniques because when you're feeling that sense of frustration and overwhelm and you just you're kind of thinking why bother yeah like you need something that is the tiniest micro habit. To help get you out of it.
1: Well, it kind of, it's actually so true because it reminds me about what they say about depression. How the worst thing about depression is that it tricks you into thinking that nothing you can do will matter. Yeah. Even though that is the antithesis of, I mean, when you are depressed, that's exactly what you need. You need to do anything. Anything, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it it reminds me that that's probably exactly what you experience when you have a poor run, or a run you're not happy with. Well, oh, yeah, no you're, precise, you're, you're
0: thinking over and over. Why bother? Why yeah. am I here? Why should What's I bother doing another run? And so.
1: Or why why even bother with the breathing? That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Because it can be toxic like that. It's
0: super toxic.
1: Because you'll be like, oh, well, how could yeah. that possibly help? Because <laughs> I really screwed that up. Like, I'm a loser. Like, losers don't win. Losers go home.
0: That's right. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay cool so
0: instead of giving into that thing yeah, exactly you can counter it with you would think like what's possible yeah
1: or just know? like just do it like, like or maybe it's even like useful to be like well don't even sign yourself up for the whole minute
0: yeah do one box
1: just be like i'm gonna do one box because your brain is probably gonna be like fine it's not gonna I'll help do one box but one okay whatever dude yeah but that will get you started
0: and I think, I think that's so key because it is, it's about when you're, when you're thinking those sorts of negative thoughts, you, you need the tiniest yeah. nugget, the yeah. tiniest grain of sand action to help switch yeah. out of that state. Yeah.
1: Okay. So we've got like.
0: So that's five.
1: Wow. That's so many good tips. And so like we, um, so that's like good if they don't have very much time, if they have an hour or two, I can see that actually could be good in some ways, but actually maybe even bad and others because it might actually like
0: well if i mean if you have an hour or two do you should you go well, and saddle your horse but it might should give you run, more nation time exactly right? like, so you, maybe you should start running. how
1: do you kind of like you know discharge all this stuff and then how do you kind of productively how do you kind of i guess like my question would be like i imagine it would be helpful to kind of firewall the experience of runs Kind of compartmentalize them, I guess, in a sense. Yeah.
0: Like, because it's it's a healthy mental perspective because it's not about negative compartmentalization or shoving your feelings down in a box to deal with, you know, never when you die. Yeah. It's about how do you healthily approach the fact that each run, while they're interrelated, is its own unique experience. Yeah. And that that's the healthiest way to give each, you know, each run its own best opportunity.
1: Yeah, because it strikes me like the what we're really advocating for is like, well, at the show, you're compartmentalizing your runs. So you have a way of kind of performing, like um, planning your, your performance, doing your performance, debriefing from your performance. Yeah. Kind of releasing, right? Oh, yeah. But then also like then you do another run or another class or whatever. But like it's not um, you might kind of do a whole show debrief afterward. Yes. But it's just a way of not allowing kind of run-to-run to to derail you,
0: maybe? Oh, exactly. It's how do you handle when, you know, when you have a poor run and then you have, you know, in the morning and you have another one in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. how do you let that afternoon run be better? Yeah. So one of the things I like to do if I have a little more time, um, but let's say I have a morning run and an afternoon run. So I like to think about the mini debrief where I say, okay, what did I learn from that morning run? Mm-hmm. I'll say, is there anything that I want to do a little differently, a little, you know, the same, the different? Do I want, like, gosh, I wish I'd had just 10 more minutes of walking around for my warm-up. Okay, that's a physical action I can take. I can be ready 10 minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay, that'll make a material difference. Or I notice that in this one corner, there's a little, got a little wiggle. I mean, like in the show pen, let's say I'm doing a circle to the left. I might have noticed that there was a moment where the horse and I were not connection. Like, okay, I'm going like, to prepare. you got wiggles
1: or the horse has wiggles? Yeah, it
0: doesn't really matter. Um, okay. Somebody's got the wiggles.
1: Okay. A lot of wiggles. <laughs>
0: a lot of wiggles. <laughs> so, you know, I might prepare to like, okay, I'm going to check in on that circle right there. okay. Maybe there was like a you know, a distracting clown.
1: So you're going to do that in the show pen?
0: Yes. Like you're thinking ahead to, oh, there was something there. I'm going to address it.
1: I see. And this is your mini debrief. Yeah. You're (laughs) You're kind of thinking, this is more like you visualizing.
0: No, I'm thinking ahead to what am I going to do different, right? So I'm going to add 10 minutes of walking to my warm up. at, you know, my left circle at that end gate. I'm going to make sure I check in with my horse, you know, and maybe that's it. Okay. But instead of just not addressing it at all, yeah, I'll just think about, are there specific actions I can take? Okay, Because sometimes there are, sometimes there aren't. Sometimes you're like, you know, we practiced at home. I did my best. I kind of fumbled, whatever. But I don't think I really need to change anything. Mm-hmm. It was just the run was what it was. I need to go do it again. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Where sometimes you yeah. evaluate it and you're like, it was what it was. And okay. And other times you're like, no, I was really freaked out because I i was rushed and i need that extra 10 minutes of yeah. like, walking right yep. but and so but that's great to evaluate right because yeah. then if it's something as simple as not every run is perfect but there's not really anything to address that's great because it means that your training plan is working not every run is going to be perfect and you can stop yourself before you start ruminating on beating yourself up you can just say we're working the plan the plan is great we don't have to change everything because one run was imperfect yeah and that's an important thing to recognize, because yeah. sometimes people get in trouble because there's a few baubles in their run, and then they think they need to change up their whole training plan and their riding instead of, like, sometimes there's just a few baubles.
1: Well, so it's just interesting, like, because, like, our core, or the premise of this episode is, like, what to do when things don't go well.
0: Because some of what I'm saying, wrong. like, with those questions, it, you're asking yourself, did I mess up because I made a mistake? Yeah. Did I mess up because of something that I did and that I should do something different? Yeah. Or did it just go imperfectly, but there's nothing that I would do differently? Yeah. It reminds me of questions we ask ourselves when we talk about imposter syndrome. Sure. Yeah. You know, and so it's just asking those important questions so you can just shut down negative thinking.
1: Yeah. Well, it just seems. And put to... yourself
0: in an empowered spot.
1: Well, yeah. And it, well, I guess like what I was just, what, what you made me think about was just that how people kind of show up to shows. And it's like they're still practicing at the show. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of, like, I used to hate it as a kid. But my dad used to say, like, when the time to perform has come, the time to prepare is past. Yeah. And I found that to be true, like, in classical music. Like, where the time to to be practicing is not the recital. Like, wherever you're at, at that point. You got what you got. You got what you got. And that's what you roll with. And so, kind of, like, treat... And so, like, for, as a non-horsey husband on the periphery of these things, it always feels like um, – I, mm. I just am always amazed when I see people that kind of seem to show up to the show and they're still – Trying to
0: squeeze in some extra practice sessions. They're still cramming
1: because it reminds me of us No, in college, it is. Actually. It's like trying
0: to cram before the test. Yeah.
1: And we know, like, I mean, separately in that domain, we know studies show that cramming doesn't work.
0: That's why nobody In wants academics. to read those studies. Okay. Stop <laughs> ruining people's kill. worldview with their facts. Yeah. Okay. But it
1: just strikes me that that's partly like maybe like why people um people like kind of they're of two minds when they go to a show. Yeah. Where they're they go there and they're like practicing instead of approaching like it's a test, right? Like, oh, this is a test or quiz that tells me where I'm at, right? Like and it's, it doesn't have or to be. Or you're accepting
0: that, you know, maybe emotional. your horse is going to get to a plus half spin, yeah. but right now your spin's a zero. So yeah. score a zero and keep riding your run instead of, you Well,
1: know, yeah, so it's likening, likening it to things that I'm familiar with. In college, when we would study for, you know, say math, right? Like there would be things, there would be topics that I knew we weren't as strong in or I wasn't as strong in. Yeah. And I'd have to go into the test or, you know, the parallel being the show knowing that I was just wasn't quite there yet.
0: Yep. You know, that maneuver is not quite there.
1: Yeah. And so it still is an opportunity to kind of like where you get a quiz or you get a test and you see your results and it's kind of like, well, okay, yep, my I'm still I'm weak where I thought I was weak. Oh, you know, I'm actually weaker in this area than I thought I was. And that's the, the benefit of that. Yeah. Kind of emotionless kind of debrief. Yeah. Um, but it also seems to me like too, like, what are your thoughts about like how people spend their time? between, um, in terms of like minimizing the chance that things go poorly or in terms of like how they can kind of, I don't know how to put this because I don't want to kind of like get out of scope for the, for our topic here. But like, it seems that, you know, people at shows kind of like, it's kind of a K- vacation. It's kind of like the KOA campground, right? Like maybe I'll go to the pool, maybe I'll get something to eat, maybe I'll get something to drink. I don't know. Just however I I feel like I'm hanging out. Um, and it just feels like part of, I don't know, like when you think about the difference between a lot of horse shows, maybe especially at the regional level, I said, you know, I haven't, I'm not familiar with the bigger ones. I haven't been to any of those. Um, but I'm just wondering if it's, it would minimize the chance of kind of like, or would help bounce back faster if you had like a routine between your I don't know. I guess I'm just I curious your thoughts ch- for, like, what you can – how flexible you can be and mm-hmm. how regimented you need to be in terms of, like, both protecting your success and, minima- and like, bouncing back faster.
0: So what does that have to do with going to the pool? I'm, I'm not understanding the <laughs> question.
1: Okay. So one thing is a probably not a pool on site. And so it's more of a metaphor for my perception of peop- of horse shows is that they're very haphazard. For a lot of the contestants in terms of like, I don't know to what degree that is the case at like the top levels of competition, mm-hmm. like level four or the pros like Matt Mills and the Pawnee, like to what degree they are regimented between their like leading up to their their, their shows so you're or talking about like between runs, you know. Okay,
0: well, I can just tell you kind of some of what I do because so some people hang around the showgrounds a lot more. I love to take a break because I find that to be good for me mentally Mm -hmm. so if i'm done in the morning and i don't go again to the afternoon i personally like to leave the showgrounds yeah um maybe i do go to the pool maybe i go get coffee maybe i just go like sit in the hotel room but Mm. i i like that mental break yeah that's helpful for me as a decompression um some people like to hang around the showgrounds but i think just whatever works for you because i found it way more stressful for me when i was just on the grounds all Mm -hmm. the time so there's that the other thing is that i think it's really helpful to coming back to curiosity be curious about your pre-run routine and and kind of dialing it in because i think that a lot of people can be really haphazard about that Mm -hmm. instead of adopting the freedom to experiment the f- and the freedom to adjust and change yeah and so they're you know so figuring out okay how long is it going to take you to get ready yeah and and I'll use this example of at home i found it really helpful when it came to housework to literally time myself how long it took to do certain tasks yeah. because i would make it up in my mind that it was going to take forever to clean up after dinner is going to take forever to sweep the floor. and it so does. I mean. <laughs> so I wouldn't do it. And then nobody would do it. And then we'd have a dirty floor. And yep. so one day, busted out the timer.
1: She did. The, and she, she's not fooling. I
0: was like, we're going to sweep the floor and time it. And we were in a smaller house then. But it took two minutes. Yep. And I, I felt a little sheepish, honestly. Because I was like, okay. But that was massive for me to have the, the actual knowledge of, I can sweep this floor. It will take two minutes. So I'm pretty sure it takes longer now. We need to retain it, (laughs) (laughs) calling ourselves out. Yeah. But that that changed a lot for me, knowing how long it took. Yeah. And so I think for horse shows, there can be a similar sort of thing. How long does it take you to saddle your horse? How long does it take to put on your wraps? Mm -hmm. How long does it take to, you know, to just get ready?
1: Yeah, just try to set yourself up for success. Exactly,
0: because then you know, and then you can try it. And then you can experiment with different warm-ups. And talk to your trainer or not, but a lot of them seem pretty chill about what, you know, people do. Mm. Um, but, you know, do you like – because there are a lot of people who are like, 10 minutes, I hop on, I go, boom, we're done. Like, that's it. And then there are other people who are like, well, I like to walk around for 10 minutes and just kind of – settle my horse slash settle their own nerves and then they do you know another 10 minutes of trotting or whatever but figuring out do you need a longer warm-up a shorter warm-up it varies by horse it varies by person and it's really empowering to give yourself the freedom to try different things try warming up way early try warming up with almost nothing how does it feel and then also the other thing that can happen is does it take you more or less time to get ready at a horse show versus when you're at home. Because sometimes when you're at home, we might dilly dally and be braiding their manes and telling them how beautiful they are and just talking to somebody in the aisle. And so maybe it takes longer. And then when you're at the show, you're really focused and you've got to get there. And so it's quick, or it might be the opposite. Maybe in your day-to-day life, you don't have a lot of time you're in and out. It's bing, bang, boom. And then when you go to the horse show, you're like, Oh gosh, I want to make sure all the shavings are out of your tail, and I got to give you extra shine spray, and it takes you longer. Yeah. But all of these things can really—it just helps to figure out what are your specifics, so then you can figure out, okay, if you know each run, if I give four minutes a run, I'm gonna go at approximately this time, so then I can get ready at this time and just play with it.
1: Yeah, I can see that being really helpful. Yeah, I could see like too, like um. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Like, and I'm just wondering. We I don't know if we've come up with like any good answers, but like the warm up pens can be kind of a zoo.
0: They're um, a zoo.
1: And so, like, and that seems to be kind of like a good way to kind of like uh, harsh your vibe. As it I think words. we need to
0: do a whole episode where we talk yeah. about the warm up pen.
1: Well, yeah, just because so I feel we'll, like we're like but like, then I think
0: we need to have a, area, an entire episode. Like,
1: I don't know how long people are. Well, because I'd have I don't do it that's something a non-horsey husband here but um you know like whatever amount of time that is from the warm-up pen to actually you know your go Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like that to me seems probably like a really critical
0: how long would you say
1: that is for most people
0: it depends probably 10 to 20 minutes
1: okay but it could be like the 10 or 20 minutes that like makes or breaks your entire run oh yeah just because like you know we, we talked about this like just this week like where how a lot of people will might think that they're doing mental performance techniques because they, you know, they b- 2D before press. they do two deep <laughs> breaths, or they, or they like they like it's in a desperate attempt to kind of make up for all the stuff they haven't done before they go. Yeah. They 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 try to like just jam the
0: uh,
1: imagining imagining their run in like into that like really short time frame, right? Like, or they're maybe warming up in the, the warm up pen, trying to imagine their run. Um, but like the last time you want to be like actually using these techniques, like, or trying to cram with them is when you're trying the last the moment. Cause you know, right. like, then you're going to be like, well, I, I breathed for like two seconds and it didn't work for me. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Cause you know, it's like uh, it'd be like trying to be like a, you know, lifting, you go to a power lifting competition and you've never lifted weights and you go to like pick up a hundred pound barbell in each hand and you're probably not going to do super well. Yeah. <laughs> like. Anyway, but, like, I'm just curious. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. We have to do a whole episode talking about that 10 to 20
0: minutes. So I think if we were going to bring it back to what happens when you blow a run and you're just really feeling all of the why bother energy. Um,
1: What really sad about yourself and your horse and your life and your choices. That's right. Yeah.
0: Down on all of it. Super down. You know, so if we talk about the warm-up pen as a specific juncture coming out of that feeling, yeah, was there something for people to be aware of in the warm-up pen? And probably the biggest thing I would say would be to do all these other strategies so that when you come back to the warm-up pen, because it can be a very stressful place, Mm -hmm. you have effectively shifted your energy and shifted your attitude. Mm -hmm. That would be what I would say.
1: Yeah. Well, I kind of wonder, like, to what degree you know like you I haven't had this experience but like for you in that position when a run hasn't gone the way you wanted it to and you're riding back to the warm up pen and you know you're maybe your trainers like down there too like um it seems like people don't take the time to kind of to like center before they leave maybe they feel like you know they need to get out of the pen So the next person can go
0: out of the show arena. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You got to get the heck out of Dodge. So you got
1: to get the heck out of Dodge. Okay. But I'm just wondering, I think it can make a big difference for people in terms of like, I'm imagining if I ever did that and I feel bad about how things have gone, I'm going to see it. I'm going to project onto like recrimination or whatever the word is, like, like kind of judgment. I'm going to put that. I'm going to, I'm going to put that in the faces of everybody I see. And they're like, I'm going to see my trainer looking at me and maybe, maybe he doesn't, he's not having any judgment of, of his own, but maybe Mm -hmm. I'm imagining it because of how I feel. Right. Like, or I'm imagining like the subtle things like, oh, he really thinks I just really flubbed it. Oh, oh man. He's probably embarrassed. I'm his client. I mean, I'm just imagining that that would be my feelings. Or if I go out in the warm up pen, I'm going to interpret any random glance from anybody as being like. Pity. what pity or scorn or scorn or like yes my time has come can walk on your grave (laughs) win victory is mine um anyway so i'm just kind of curious like there might be some kind of like to your point there might be some things that people could do um because i don't think it's a good idea to probably like stare at the ground like i actually remember reading about this like in terms of like Um, A lot of people who are depressed, like, they stare at the ground when they walk. They walk with their eyes downcast. And they actually found that if you can get get people to raise their, their eyes and just look at the horizon and, like, eyes up, like, that actually materially impacts, like, their emotional state.
0: So I hear you advocating for biohacking. And when you flub it, walk out with your head held high and, you know, staring straight ahead. Yeah. Yeah,
1: don't probably. stare at the dirt. Yeah, definitely don't stare at the dirt. Don't be staring at your horse's mane. Yeah. Don't be looking down. Don't be, like, slouching, you know. Yeah. Probably, like, you know, um, what's the phrase? Like, accept your, accept it with dignity?
0: Dignity would be the... Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I think we're probably torn on is Is the cowboy way to accept it with dignity or is it to suffer your shame?
1: <laughs> well i think you've kind of called out like that there's right. a dichotomy between like there is a
0: dichotomy where
1: like on there is like uh there's kind of a lack of clarity in the community about like which kind of cowboy is the ideal right
0: well it kind of varies by the day and the yeah scenario. and by the person oh, right absolutely because as
1: like you've pointed out that actually like in a lot of ways there is a very strong traditional cowboy that is you could argue like very mentally performancey coachy right like
0: Oh, just very mentally attuned and resilient. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like
1: where they're not like the hard drinking, like, uh, kind of like rough and rowdy, kind of like, uh, fall on their fall in their face, guns blazing type approach to a success. But like, yeah, I don't know, like, but just that they're kind of more of a kind of a quiet cowboy, right? Like where they are maybe somewhat. You might even describe it as stoic. Right. Yeah. Where they're kind of like, they have a filter, they have a command center, like as yeah. the Stoics called it, like that, where they saw it as their kind of sacred duty to observe their emotions in a dispassionate, kind of non judgmental way and decide only which,
0: to the horse.
1: which ones were allowed to kind of like impact them. Right. And so I, I don't know. Like, I think Stoicism is probably something we'll have to do another episode about because I think there is some. There's some problems with it, because that can be kind of equivalent to just shoving your motions under the carpet.
0: You know? Well, I think we'll, we'll have to unpack that in another...
1: Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, so okay. So, if we rewind to, like...
0: Let's rewind to see...
1: Because we had, like, five... We had like, five
0: really solid things.
1: Like well, That was, like, 40 minutes ago. And then we like, had, we like, a nice like bird more. trail. Oh, yeah. That was like super such fun. Such a great bird trail. So fun. Oh, yeah. Um. Didn't see a lot of birds, though.
0: Didn't you? No. I don't know. If we, were the birds tweeting? Or... <laughs> All right, so do we want to, like, wrap with those five, or are there any other, like... Well, I feel like we
1: added to the five, and...
0: Those were the five solid ones I remember. Well,
1: let's at least name the five.
0: Okay. So we had, have an accountability buddy or somebody, a friend that you can phone or be with at the show who can help call you out if you fall into... Interrupt. Interrupt negative thought patterns. Yep. Physical exercise to move out the feelings, literally move them out of your body. Laughter... Oh. Was the third one. Um
1: so movement, laughter, interruption, buddy.
0: Box breathing. That was four. Um. And then five was essentially doing a debrief.
1: A deal oh a debrief, yeah. Yeah. And we talked some about visualization and affirmations, essentially, I guess you could say.
0: Mm.
1: Combined with breathing. Yeah. And then I think we kind of just also talked about like kind of firewalling each run, right? If you have the chance, right? Like and
0: part of that is just having a forward focus.
1: Yeah, so it's actually, it's interesting you, know? you put it that way because that's very much like a a horse kind of like, because it got a fundamental oh, horse yeah. principle? You always need like impulsion in your horse.
0: You always more forward. Right? If you have any problems yeah. in your training, it's always more forward, more forward. Yes. Don't get stuck, just more forward.
1: Yeah. And so like, I think that that's an interesting fallout because it yeah. suggests that that is I mean, a good thing to you attack, tell yourself mentally. Just be forward, right? Yeah. Yeah. That,
0: that run is, is done.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, and then you'll – and and also just give yourself permission to kind of like wait to deal with it till later, right? Like Oh,
0: absolutely. Like, like
1: that, hey, hey, self, like it's – you're having some big feelings, totally get that. You know, we're going to do another run here. We have like some more – we have some more work to do. Yeah. But we will revisit that, you know, tomorrow or in an hour or whatever, right? Yeah. Um,
0: and just having – and another big thread through everything we've talked about has been – maintaining an attitude of curiosity and openness. Yeah. And so instead of just coming out from judgment, even when you are assuming responsibility, it's assuming responsibility for what can I own and what happened in my run and not who's to blame. Right. And so having curiosity and openness as you explore what happened, what worked, when you prepared your pre-run routines, being willing to experiment and, you know, just being open to that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it's really good. I think we've given. I
0: think this has been a good really, episode. Did, yeah,
1: we're, back strong. We did. I am yeah.
0: absolutely feeling the emotional shift after how upset I was. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: so job. high five.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. And don't forget newsletter.resilientrainer.com. You sign up for the newsletter, we're going to send out that fun freebie about doing a debrief and how to look at things in healthier ways.
1: Yeah. So So look for that in your inbox. Be Ah. awesome.
0: And don't forget, if you're listening to the end, scroll down, give this podcast episode a five-star review and write a comment of what you liked about it. (laughs) And uh,
1: yeah, yeah. this was fun.
0: This was fun. So thank you for joining us. So grateful to have you here and we'll talk to you next week.
1: For the next 10 days only, we here at the Resilient Rainer Newsletter and Podcast, hosted by Nicole Burnett, are celebrating that our newsletter has grown by a huge 373% in the past 30 days. Y'all are getting value and spreading the word. Thank you. So to celebrate, we've created the Show Stop and Giveaway, where we're giving away over $860 in top-notch gear. Picture yourself in a sweet showstoppin' fitted shirt and custom saddle pad or learning the ropes from reigning superstar Matt Mills, or slipping a custom Mosui Sui halter on your horse. Want in? Just head over to NicoleBurnettCoaching.com forward slash giveaway to enter. It's that easy. Increasing your odds of winning is as easy as sharing the link after you sign up with your horsey friends and family. This giveaway is our way of saying thanks for making this community so special. Join the fun, spread the word, and good luck.